Hello and welcome to Web3 Delight Podcast. My name is Tesha Teshanovic and I will be your host today. Web3 is not about technology. This is a social movement towards transparency, consensus, inclusiveness, ownership and openness. To that end, we'll explore different elements of Web3 with our guests and learn from their journeys. Jay, thanks for being part of our podcast. Absolutely, Tesha. My, my pleasure to be here. A week after the Web3 Delight event, what are your impressions of the event? It, it was fantastic. I keep hearing really great feedback. I'm still meeting some people who went to the event and and I didn't get to meet them you know, immediately afterwards, but we've been able to set up some time to chat and talk and just get to know each other better. Uh, so it was a great this networking event, but also a learning event as well. I was able to hear a, a bunch of uh, experiences from some of the, the other presenters and just some stuff that really resonated with me and I'll, I'll take with me and implement into my business and my daily activity. What was really impressive about Nigeria was the power of the Web3 communities there. Uh, that there is something to learn from them, definitely. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it, I think maybe it's a cultural thing, you know. Yeah. But they were super excited. They were really energetic, and just I, in general, uh, I feel like it, it's been weeks since, uh, at least a week since the the event, and they're all still excited about it. We still talk about, you know, what what certain people said on the stage. Um, it was it's a great atmosphere altogether, and I think it, it's something may, maybe not just limited to Nigeria, but throughout Africa as well. Just this excitement for this new technology and the innovation, and for what it could potentially mean to them as a people and, and their countries. Yeah, and uh, do you think that Africa might be the future of Web three? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Developing countries, growth nations in general, uh, they I think have the the most to gain from this type of technology, um, and it is you already see it happening, right? Because Nigeria I think has the the strongest or highest crypto adoption in the world. More than forty percent of the country already has a wallet and has already consumed crypto in some form or another, and you see that throughout the the growth regions. So Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, uh, Philippines, Vietnam, Colombia, Argentina, all of these countries, they're really, they've really just taken hold of crypto, of blockchain, of Web3 and pushing it forward. And uh, in a lot of ways, they, they, I think the people on the ground recognize that this is their opportunity to really take hold of what's happening in the culture and what's happening in this space, that if they don't do it they might end up being left behind and i don't don't think that's what anyone wants you know everybody wants the best for themselves and the best for their families so it's it's really their their time it's our time to to move forward with this new new piece of technology and web3 really has a lot to offer to them i mean there are hundreds of millions of unbanked citizens in africa mhm yeah and i think you know, it. One of the things that stood out to me is just how connected the community is with the problems and the issues that that are facing the unbanked. 
Uh, I've met a couple entrepreneurs after the Web3 Delight Lagos event, and people have some really unique ideas for how they want to tackle the issue of, of currency and of payments and being able to move finances be between each other peer-to-peer -peer and also across different countries. Um, so that whole issue of being unbanked, I think that if, if it eventually gets sorted out, and it's not going to be the case where those unbanked persons eventually become banked. That, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to skip banks altogether and end up in this crypto ecosystem that might be similar to banks in, in some ways, but would be uniquely its own, uh, uniquely it, it, its own place built, I think, primarily on mobile technology rather than face-to-face -face, like we're accustomed to like we all walk into banks and you stand in line and you, you do all that stuff but i think they're going to be more accustomed to just sort of using the technology on their phone and that's how they'll get by yeah and it's interesting the fact that you mentioned that they will actually skip some phases in development uh, so because a lot of these african countries have skipped a lot of the phases in the development of economy, like developing of the basic infrastructure and all that. So can they basically jump right into the next uh, segment, to the digital age of the decentralized internet and make it up for all that? Yeah, I, I think this is the best time to do it, right? Just because of how the technology is set up, uh, decentralized, like you said. And so they're not, they, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that, a, a ton of the infrastructure isn't in place as long as you've got access to the internet and lots and more and more communities in Africa are getting access to the internet. So as long as you have access to the internet, you essentially have access to all of these facilities that are available to you in Web3. And I think the, the other thing to, to really think about is from a decentralization standpoint, you you don't necessarily need to have as much government intervention anymore. And so now people are able to do things on their own as communities without necessarily having to wait for a centralized government to show up with, you know, or, or not even just a centralized government, even these, um, these aid, these aid organizations that, that always provide financing to, to different projects. You don't necessarily have to, to wait for that stuff anymore. You see it already happening with uh, fundraising through NFTs. You know, there's some really cool organizations that are doing fundraising for African communities and doing it peer-to-peer -peer via NFTs rather than sort of having to filter their money through these massive organizations. So it'll be pretty cool to see what they come up with. And then the last thing I'd mention just in, in that vein of thinking in terms of them being able to skip some of these uh, foundational elements is the metaverse, I think, creates a lot of opportunities for them in that you're able to be in this environment that's separate from the physical world and you're able to make it look however you want it to look and take on these experiences that you wouldn't normally be able to have in real life that I think is going to open up doors for a lot of people. It sort of it starts blowing the geographical boundaries that we've drawn for ourselves and we've used for decades. So it's going to be really exciting.
to see what um, Africans and the African nations are able to accomplish. I talked with one of the guest speakers at the conference, and he told me about his very interesting concept, the idea that he has is that metaverse in its instance is black. Why? Because in traditional African culture, they don't really differentiate between the reality and the world of magic. So when the new world of technological magic uh, gets born, they will lead the way as uh, people who know how, how to live with uh, like a multiple universes at the same time for centuries. I like that. I've never heard that before, but that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, because if you think of them as, as a cultural people, they have their local cultures, but then they also have these cultures that are passed on through uh, colonization. And both are able to exist simultaneously. And so you don't, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult for them to immerse themselves in another type of world where maybe the culture is different there. But, you know, like I think as a people, they'll be able to easily adapt into those situations. For us um, in, in Europe, in, in, in North America, South America, it might be kind of difficult because that's not what our day-to-day -day is like. We're very much focused on what you see is what you get. Um, but but possibly for them, it will be different. I, I really like that analogy, Tesha. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good analogy, but it's not mine. Teddy has created <laughs> that analogy. So the intellectual property is with him. <laughs> but cool. what I saw there in Nigeria is a lot of young, talented, smart people. Nigerians are very smart. And how do we unlock that talent? Yeah, it's all through education. I think right, you give people access to the right resources and, and they'll accomplish incredible things. I mean, you look at what they've been able to do already with their own local exchanges, right? There were multiple times during the course of the, of the past few years where the price of Bitcoin in, in Nigeria had well surpassed the, the price of Bitcoin in, in, in North America and in Europe. And um, even what they've been able to do with, you know, not necessarily having access to all of the infrastructure that that we have access to, um, so I, it, it's it's going to be great for them, dude. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just excited. Even me, I'm thinking like, man, I've got to at least go there for a visit just to see what it's like, meet some people because this place is about to to take off. Yeah, yeah, you, you will be entering a market of the future, so you should come definitely. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm 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 a, a little jealous of you, Tesha. You you were there in person. I, c yeah. I couldn't make it, but uh yeah, I'll, but I'll, I'll be there. You'll next make time. it next time when we organize some other event or something else. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, but you mentioned that the education is the key uh there to creating yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the uh, main messages of the conference was build your own products. Mm -hmm. Why is that message so important, especially for Nigeria? You know, from, from, from the perspective of being independent, and that's really what Web3 and crypto and blockchain is all about. It's about having self-sovereignty. Sovereignty. You know, you, you have to be able to build your own. It's not it's not in anybody's best interest to rely on what someone else builds for you. We we've sort of we you've seen this in Web two, right? You see you saw it with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. 
You see it with Google and how they're able to track you across the internet. You know, when you're using other people's technology, you can easily easily be taken advantage of. Um, I think it's, it'll be important for many people, and especially those in, in growth nations, to build their own foundations with so that their people have the opportunity to develop themselves without necessarily being taken advantage of in in the way that they had been in the past. One of the things that I said to the Web3 Delight Lagos community when I first got to speak to them at, at the opening of the ceremony is, you know, there have been people who've stood in our way before and have tried to hold us back. But Web3 gives us the opportunity to create our own future. And that's really what it's about. Like you build these technologies yourself so that you can create your own future and you be the the rulers of your own domain. Wow, that's a very powerful message, definitely. Mm. It's all about taking the ownership of your own work. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and of, of your future as well. You know, you can't really leave it up to the the old powers to uh to to chat the path because you know that these people aren't necessarily um doing things in your best interest. You know, everyone is sort of out for themselves. That's really the world that we live in. And so like if you want the best for your your neighborhood, for your family, for your friends, you really have to build your own and uh and do your best to ensure that it is strong enough to survive. And I think the Nigerian population, African population in general, they recognize this. They have the skills that it takes to to be able to accomplish that. But then go, going back to what we were mentioning about education, yeah, we, we just have to make sure that everyone has access to some education so that they can be brought up to speed on what's happening. You know, the, yeah, crypto adoption is really high at, at 40%, but you know, we shouldn't settle for 40%. We need to get it to 100% in Nigeria, right? So that everyone is aware of the opportunities that are available to them through blockchain and through Web3 technology. Yeah, that sounds great. And there's a question that you have asked all of the guests at the Web3 Delight podcast at the end of the podcast. And I would like to ask that same question to you. How do you see the world of Web3 five years from now? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's something that I've been able to think a lot about uh, because I've been asking the question so much myself. And I think we get to the point where crypto and Web3, NFTs, all these technologies are so embedded into our daily life that we don't even talk about them anymore. You know, one of the things that helped us to transition into the internet was when we got smartphone apps. So before we got smartphone apps, the internet was a really scary place. You know, you had uh, viruses and hackers and spammers and, you know, all of this stuff that was just made it a dangerous place to be. But then we got smartphones and we got apps and suddenly the internet was encapsulated in, in these little applications and you were you know, blocked off from all of those those dangers. I think we eventually we get to something similar with Web3 and blockchain. You know, we already have dApps, but they aren't as widely used yet. But I think eventually those become a lot more developed 
and they become a bit more mainstream, you know, we'll get some mobile phones that are built for the blockchain. So they have inbuilt wallets and, and, you know, we'll be able to use our wallets across a variety of applications and it'll get to the point where we're not even thinking about the blockchain. We're just using these applications just as we would use any other application. You don't have to think about the fact that something that you own is an NFT or what type of NFT it is. It it just works because you can hold up your phone to the scanner, scan it and get access to whatever resources or, you know, access to whatever facility you, you needed to get access to. So that's really what I'm hoping for is that it all becomes integrated and meshed together into what we do in our daily life so that we're not even thinking about it. It'll be like the internet. We use the internet every day. We don't even think about the fact that we're using the internet. It'll be the same with Web3. Jay, thanks for being part of our podcast. Thank you, Tessa. Definitely appreciate you having me on, buddy. Thanks. (laughs) I'll see you soon. See you soon.